Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel with uh, Adam Pierce. Um, in the next episode of the Ecom Show, our podcast, and we are also in a live stream on Facebook. And uh, Adam is an expert um, in uh, Shopify stores, Shopify store design, and uh, he he's a co-founder of an agency um, in the UK. They help Shopify stores. And actually, not only with uh, with Shopify design and websites, but also with uh, retention marketing, email, SMS, and also with Facebook ads. Adam, it's great to have you here. How are thank you doing today? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Daniel. Great. And thank you very much for having me. Amazing. So just as an intro, please uh, tell us more about your past. Um, how did you end up in the agency world? You always wanted to be an agency owner or, I guess... Uh, not, but <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. I think like a lot of us, you know, we we kind of fall into this agency world. So my background, I guess, was a little bit mixed. Um, I kind of started out after university of being a manager consultant uh, for kind of a, a, a tech company, basically. Um, and then after that, what I actually did is that I left that world completely, left the corporate world, and actually went into teaching. So oh, wow. two very kind of different areas. Um, but after, I guess, a few years, what I decided is, look, actually, I liked elements of both of those kind of worlds. And what I did is I actually went to work for an education-focused tech company. Um, and following on from that, uh, so this was probably kind of, you know, four or five years ago, um, Shopify was kind of really coming to the fore. Uh, and actually, my brother-in-law was one of the first uh, Shopify developers um, on the StoreTasker platform, which I know many of you listening will, will probably know about. Um, and, uh, yeah, Peter, who's now my business partner and brother-in-law, we said, look, you know, I've kind of come from a, a sales and marketing world. Peter's come from that development world. Let's start together and let's start a company. So yeah, just under sort of three and a half years ago, we formed a company, which was then called Gripson, now called Blend Commerce. Um, there's basically 13 of us now, uh, mainly located in the UK. And we do have some remote staff, both in Hungary, uh, and also in oh, really? as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So a colleague of mine, Peter's in Debrecen. So uh, yeah, Peter works out there. But um, no, it's been it's been a great ride. And you know, I think like you said, Daniel, it's Shopify's um, a very interesting space to be in. Um, and obviously, I think you know one of the great things being agency and as you probably know is that it's like an industry where you know you're up against people who've been doing it for twenty or thirty years. It's fresh. It's new. Everyone's kind of been in with him for that five or ten years period. So there's no kind of, you know, what I would say sort of old boys club where it's like, you know, you feel like you can't grow your business in the space and help people. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a breath of fresh air work in the e-commerce industry. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's growing super fast. I think that it, just this simple fact, it motivates everyone, at least me. Um, yeah. The, the growth of e-commerce, it's, it's, it's incredible. Mm. Um, so... I went to your website before this call and I could see that you recommended certain apps and please uh, share a few of these apps with us. Maybe just mention three of them, what you would really recommend to 
um, yeah. Shopify stores to use? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the, the three key apps that I would like to mention is that your number one, Clavio, is absolutely kind of the core of the apps that we work with. Um, so based in our agency, we work with kind of a partner stack of, of sort of nine or 10 apps. And the great thing about Clavio is that, you know, look, yes, of course, it's email. But as you know very well, Daniel, it's it's very much more than email. It's about all the data that you can collate within Clavio. And, you know, a couple of years back, you know, MailChimp was really kind of leading the way in terms of your marketing. And obviously things didn't really work out between Shopify and MailChimp. But not only was it that relationship, it was the fact that Clavio were approaching it from a much different angle. So, you know, yeah. if you're thinking about email marketing and you're saying, well, okay, yeah, okay, it's just to send emails, that's where I'd say, look, hey, go and take a look at this again because you know, what about if I said to you that if you have an e-commerce store, you could actually collect information when people go to your website about the kind of products they like, the colors they wear, um, whether they have a dog or not, what age they are, and yep. use all of that to do automated email marketing. So that for me you know, is, is a very powerful, powerful app. Um, the other one that I would like to mention too is Recharge. Now, Recharge yeah. en it enables you um, as a Shopify merchant to, to essentially sell subscriptions or, or do recurring payments. So anything from, you know, kind of, well, I'm sure we've all kind of part of a subscription where we get a monthly box, you know, whether it's food or whether it's alcohol, whether it's books, but there's also other aspects there of where you can use it to essentially create a membership. So if you guys are going to have a look at a company called Freshly Picked, um, they have something called The Fringe and that's using Recharge. What that does is that you can charge your customers an access fee and that repeats on a monthly basis but you're essentially giving them access to other new products as well as a credit towards products on your site. So it's a really powerful app in that respect because out of the box, although Shopify is moving towards that kind of subscription payment, they haven't got anything that is enabling merchants to do that. So for me, that is you know an absolutely fantastic one. Um, there's a lot to mention, um, but I think you know, the, the final one that I will mention is that is really hot right now. Um, is the Octane AI, Octane AI Shopify, uh, sorry, quiz um, program. So what this basically does is that if you imagine, if you go to a website and you say have a beauty brand, you can have a pop-up on that site that says, hey, uh, take a skincare quiz. Now on screen, it will look like it is a native quiz as part of your site. You can ask the user questions about the age, about their skin type, what their routine is. And once they've answered those questions, you can both capture their email address but also display a number of products you want them to buy. Now, traditionally in the past, as an agency, we've used things like Typeform, which you know is still a great tool, yeah. but with the quiz functionality with Octane AI, you're answering those questions straight away and you're giving them product recommendations on the screen. So for me, you know, at the moment, that's one of the apps that I'm super excited about. And uh, we're actually gonna be using it on our own uh, agency website, which uh, we've just actually relaunched. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, I, I would start the list with the same two tools, uh, Clavio. Many people, they built an agency around Clavio, and we also started in this way. And the other one is Recharge. And I think the subscription model is underutilized. While it's amazing both for the e-commerce business because of cash flow reasons and retention, and it's amazing for the customers as well because... Mm. I know, especially those people who don't have much time, like like business owners like us, 
I personally, I hate shopping. I, it takes time and I don't really enjoy it or re rarely enjoy it. I just want to buy the things and I prefer subscri subscriptions because I just get what I want and the money is deducted automatically. And the third thing is Octane AI. Um, I think we are less experienced with this uh, new uh, feature. I'm really uh, um, excited about this because we had a call one or two weeks ago with their team and we need to test it in the next months uh, in Q4. Uh, but yeah, I, I heard great things about it. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, these, these three are amazing apps, amazing tools. And I really encourage everyone to check these out if you haven't yet. Um, so let's dive uh, deeper into uh, Shopify design, maybe mm -hmm. even conversion of the website and how it connects with other elements of an of a Shopify store. So maybe if you could give us like, again, like your best uh, three tips, uh, what really works uh, for a Shopify store on the website, what mm -hmm. somebody should really take care of as a business owner or, or marketing manager. Um, Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's a great question because it's something that, you know, a lot of uh, people talk about, you know, when they're starting out, know, how to optimize, how to get it better. Um, and one of the things obviously is difficult when you start out is look, if I have a limited number of funds, what can I do with that funds to, to essentially get me as far as I can? And one of the things that I always say from a design point of view is that put as much money in as you can to your photography. Now that might seem a bit weird, you know, me as an agency mm -hmm. and say, look, put as much money as you can as your photography. But in essence, you know, look, if you think about the Shopify world, there are lots of fantastic themes available there with lots of pre-built features. So, you know, you think of the likes of, you know, out the sandbox, archetype themes, you know, Pixel Reunion, you can pick up some great um, themes that essentially have templated a lot of that kind of design work for you. Some of the very best performance sites that I've seen are actually very simple in terms of their technology, in terms of development. But what they yeah. do have is absolutely fantastic imagery. So lifestyle imagery, you know, showing your product in the hands of the kind of person that you would expect it to be in excellent product photography 360 shots of your photography uh, of your products video you know having a video of of your um product we have one client that we actually put a video onto their product page increased conversion rate by 70 percent. so you know it's, oh. it's it's pretty important i would say that when you're looking at design thinking about that photography first and then essentially building on design the site around it so i would say that was is definitely number one. Um, the second thing I would say with design is that things- Sorry, um, can I interrupt for- Of course. For like 10 seconds. So uh, the other day, uh, last weekend, I went to the website of Caterpillar, a huge company. They do many things. Uh, just random, I don't know how, maybe from a Google ad, I just clicked, clicked it. And I checked their e-commerce website. They sold their uh, boots and mm. they used a lot of videos every product had a video and the video was not really about the product but about a person using mm. that uh boots and how it changed their lives and yeah. it's you know it sounds like an exaggeration and it is but still the video um it showed it showed the person their lives their i don't know their one day how it goes mm. and how they use the boots and I loved it. Like it was so emotional. You related to the person, you related to the product and it was high quality. I, I loved it. So just a recent experience. 
No, I, I completely agree, Daniel. I mean, one of the, the other apps that I would also like to mention too is Reviews.io. Um, now, Reviews.io have a feature to allow you to do video reviews. Now, one of the nice things with that is that, like you mentioned with Caterpillar, if you were using that as a brand to get a review, take that review video and put that on your product page because, like you say, it's the stories. You know, people people want to buy into experience of what it's going to give you as a product. They yeah. don't care about the actual product. It's what it's going to give them, what it's going to add to their lives. And, I'm not, and again, that sounds a bit kind of flancy and a bit flowery and whatever, but in reality, if you see someone who is living a life like you using that product and how it's making their lives better, even yeah. if it's, look, this, these boots are fantastic, you know, they're, they're so comfortable, that's so much more powerful than just, you know, a generic, you know, flashy video that's, you know, actually yeah. quite a lot of money to produce. So in reality, you need that raw, okay, look, this is the product, this is what it does. It's great for me because. Yeah, 100%. Uh, tell us your second tip. Yeah, cool. So my, my second tip is that focus on your call to actions. And one of the biggest mistakes that we see is that when we see a Shopify store is having a call to action right at the top of your page. Now, I know it's kind of make, might sound silly, but a lot of people, when they're thinking about design, they, particularly with a lot of the Shopify themes, they take advantage of this big kind of hero image. And sometimes what happens is that a client will put a hero image that essentially takes up maybe two thirds of their mobile space or two thirds of their desktop space. And there's not a call to action before the fold. Now, it doesn't need to be shot now, but it could be learn more, find out more, because as soon as you can get that person clicking into more depth in the site, you've hooked them in for that next phase. And, you know, a lot of the time, you know, when we think about design, we think, look, it's got to be, look, you know, fantastic, flashy, you know, maybe having a video in there, you know, all that stuff is great from a very much cursory level of like, okay, that looks pretty. But from that point of view, getting that person to click to take the action, you need that call to action to be higher up. So if you're at the moment, you have a Shopify store and you don't have a call to action before that person needs to scroll on mobile or on desktop, move it up. And honestly, I, I guarantee mm -hmm. that will have a positive impact on the actual usage of your site and also your conversion as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually, I cannot add more to this. I, I just agree with this and yeah, it, I can see many stores uh, using a huge hero image and um, there is no call to action and it should be for sure. And uh, by the way, we started using a very simple tool. You are, you, you can uh, blur the website. Uh, it's an add-on on Google Chrome. And with this, you can see the, um, the whole website is blurry. So uh, you can see if the call to action button, uh, it has a very distinctive uh, character and, and color no, no. Or, or not really. And um, we, we use it with a few clients and it helped us a lot. Um, very okay. simple too. Cool. Yeah, I mean, if, if you could share the details with me on that, that'd be great. I'm, I'm sure people are listening and watching too. I mean, I think, you know, with, with call to action, Daniel, you know, like you know very well with email marketing, the principle, I guess, is, is very much similar, isn't it? You've got to have that call to action button high mm -hmm. to make sure that you get that click through. So it, yeah. it's the same principle, you know, with email marketing and obviously with, with the store. Everywhere, right? yeah, in the mm -hmm. online space, basically. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, also if you have a long, long page, long landing page or long email, you should make sure that there's always a call to action button in front of the person. So mm -hmm. if they scroll down, they should also see at least one call to action, I think. Yeah, um, completely agree. 
And I think, you know, don't don't be scared as well of, of having, you know, repeating a call to action button a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, you know, we found that, again, if you have that single call to action, that one thing you want them to do, whether that's on your site or whether that's on your email, that is a much easier thing to do rather than confusing with lots of different messages. Sign up here, shop now, learn more. You know, having all of those is it, too confusing. I want you to do one thing when you're reading this. If you show that user you want to do that, they've got a much higher chance of then saying, okay, right, you've reminded me a couple of times now. Great, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so thanks, Saddam. No problem. That will be the third. Uh, yeah. So my third tip, um, I would say, is that think very clearly about the design of your product page. And you know, product page is really you know is where if if I'm thinking about design, you've got to focus a lot of your attention. Now, in terms of the product page itself, things to focus on: make sure number one, your images are consistent. The biggest thing that we see is that when we have products where you have different sizes, different backgrounds, it mm-hmm. takes away that trust of the customer. So make sure you've got that there. Mm-hmm. Also as well, a massive tip I would say that we always use is that using social proof on your product page just above your call to action button. So if you have free shipping, if you have a guarantee, if you have you know reviews, put that around the call to action button because again, when that customer is is obviously scrolling down the page and they've got that call to action button, if they've got that social proof or if they've got that trust indicator saying, look, this is what a great company to deal with, again, that's something that's great to do. A lot of companies use trust indicators on the home page, but they don't bring them onto that product page. And ultimately, that's where the critical decision is being made. So use that as design principle on your product page for better conversion. Okay. Yeah. 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 Solid advice. Um... Yeah, uh, Adam is the expert. Just listen to him and just implement, I think. Um, So my next question would be, um, and uh, I'm I'm really curious of this. So what is your experience with beauty of the website versus conversion? So they are always hand in hand. They come together. The nicer the website, the higher conversion you will have. Because you said that uh, better photography, more quality photography will increase the conversion rate and the trust factor, or they, they, or it's not like this all the time. Sometimes you have a nicer, more beautiful website, and the conversion is lower. Um, What do you think? No, I I think it's it's a great point. So yeah, if if we think about you know beauty, you know one of the sites that always gets talked about in terms of beautiful sites is the Gymshark website. And, you know, it is, don't get me wrong, it is a fantastically beautiful website and, and a great company <clears throat> as well, you know, that have, have grown fantastically. But if you think about that website, the reason mm-hmm. that works from a conversion point of view is because it's been made beautiful to attract the kind of consumers that they want to actually buy on. Mm-hmm. If obviously the demographic of Gymshark is different, if let's say, for example, the demographic was, you know, 45 to 65-year-old men, the design of that website, although it would be beautiful, would not serve its purpose because the way mm-hmm. that's designed with such that kind of cutting edge modern look is very much geared towards that younger demographic they're targeting. Now we have a, you know, I've got a similar example, you know, for us at Blend is that we actually work with an aquarium supplies company. Now, if I showed you that website now, I know a lot of you watching and you, Daniel, will go, well, hey, that isn't beautiful. 
<laughs> uh, you know, what, what's that about? You know, it, it looks looks pretty standard, it's pretty plain. But the reason it looks that way is because two things. One is that the company that we've designed it for, their demographic is a much older demographic. So, for example, they need larger text. They need more clerical mm -hmm. terms. Yeah. Um, they want a lot of information. They're hungry for that information. They're, they're aquarium hobbyists, so they, they want to see lots of text. Now, in that context, you're not going to say it's beautiful, but from a conversion point of view, it works very well because you're tailoring that look and feel of the site to exactly what that customer wants. So it, it's, you know, beauty, beauty versus conversion is a very difficult one. But I would say make it beautiful to the people that you want to target with that site. And that yeah. is the beautiful thing. You know, a lot of people say, look, hey, I want to build a website that looks like Gymshark. But maybe what they're doing is that they're targeting males, you know, in Canada um, who are kind of 35 to 55. Yeah. It's not going to work because that, make sense, yeah. absolutely, you know, that, that's not the aspiration that that customer is looking for. So, yeah, that's definitely my thoughts on kind of on sort of the beauty versus the conversion side. Very interesting. Just a few weeks ago, I told I told with a friend of mine, and he has a he has a beauty store, skincare, and uh, we talked about the store of uh, Ezra Firestone, mm. uh, Boom by Cindy Joseph. Yep. I think that's the name. Yeah. And if you go to that website, it's not nice. It's it's nope. not nice at all. And it's um the so the the niche is beauty, and. Uh, that's that's true but the audience is uh older women like 50 60 even 70 years old women and they just don't care about beauty i think we also have a client um he sells uh footwear shoes very nice shoes designed shoes in the us for older women and the website is terrible the look but it still converts very well mm -hmm. um so Probably older people, they don't care as much about, um, you know, very nice design. Um, but even more important, what you said, that uh, you should take into consideration your audience. Mm. Um, and what do you think? Uh, I, I heard this from a guy that uh, every successful company has a very simple design, like Amazon or it's not e-commerce, but Berkshire Hathaway. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever check them, but it's a plain text website. It's it's ridiculous for such a huge company. Or Facebook, it's a very simple website. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because you know, like say, so you look at those big brands and the simplicity that they use is there. Um, but I think that the thing is that with with brands that can do that well, it's because they have that big brand behind it. Mm -hmm. And they don't necessarily need to show all the information that you would show when you're kind of a lesser known brand. Mm -hmm. So the brand itself is selling that product because people want to be part of Berkshire Hathaway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, for example, with Gymshark, they have a, a, a simple design because people want to buy into that brand. They're not actually that concerned about the specifics of the product. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know, I think, you know, when you are not such a big brand, you need to kind of educate people more. And I think, yeah. you know, if you look at the evolution of a lot of sites and a lot of brands, you know, a, a good example is if you take a look at BrewDog, um, the, mm -hmm. the brewing here in the UK, is that yeah. when they first started out, their site was very, very tech-savvy. And 
I'm actually connected to their their founder on on uh, LinkedIn, and he was showing the day that kind of their first pitch deck that they did about kind of equity for punks, which is their sort of um, funds raising scheme they did. And uh-huh. the design of their first pitch was very very um, you know intense, graffiti yeah. everywhere, different types of text, different call to actions. And then you look at the most recent one is essentially the Brewdog logo with a bit of explainer text and a call to action because they know that people are going, right, okay, Brewdog, I'm in, great. Whereas before, they didn't have to do that. So I think mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of distinction I would make that, you know, look, simplicity can work, but it's got to be at the right, I guess, life cycle of your particular business. Yeah, that's true. Um, you should take into consideration that uh, how big brand you are, how much brand recognition yeah. you have. It's a very different example, but uh, earlier this year, we uh, started implementing the sales process of eight-figure agencies, and it didn't work for us because they already have a brand. Hey, I'm Mute6, I'm, I don't know, Hulk Media, Vayner Media, and they are very, you know, they are well-known, unlike us, and uh, we are not at level now, so we need more introduction, more description. And same with e-commerce, same with every business. So be aware of your of your brand. Um, so uh, please tell us more about the the recent trends in uh, in Shopify design, e-commerce design, and what we can expect in the next uh, months or years. And also, if you could tell us more about the usage of different devices, mobile, desktop, mm-hmm. tablet, maybe something else. What uh, can we see um yeah sure um i mean just typically speak you know when when we first started our company probably sort of you know three nearly four years ago typically clients were coming to us with kind of 50 50 desktop versus mobile traffic mm-hmm. um what happened is every year that's increased now at the moment on average our clients have between 75 and 80 percent mobile traffic and i think what happens is that you know a lot of the time when we think about websites we think about designing from from a desktop first you know if you were working an agency and they showed you a design they'd done for you on a mobile you'd probably be quite shocked because you automatically think okay desktop but people are very much switching on to the fact that mobile is becoming a lot more important and you know when it comes to kind of thinking about usage of different devices I would say definitely, you know, thinking about mobile more intensely has got to be something that's got to be done. Now, one of the trends that we're definitely seeing is that there's a massive progression towards both headless commerce and kind of using progressive web apps. So essentially what that means is that you can create a version of your site that is essentially an app, which means that there is very, you can have obviously contact, you can have um uh connectivity without wireless at times you can obviously have very fast load speeds so that's something that's becoming more and more important um and one of the tools out there that is just kind of coming to fruition that we're working with is a tool called front end by shogun so shogun have got a very yeah. successful uh, page builder app which yeah. is really you know a fantastic tool are they from the uk by the way or us um, so they're kind of um, they're kind of a remote company, but yeah. So uh, Finbar, one of the co-founders, is from uh-huh. uh, Scotland, and uh, I think Nick is from the US as one of the other co-founders. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've done very well with their products, and and essentially what this means is that look, you know, now what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to build a headless site using the back end of Shopify, but you'll get the speed benefits of obviously not using the full front end solution with Shopify. So it's, it's going to be a real game changer from a speed point of view. 
Um, we were looking actually at an example site and one of the sites that they work with that had gone from, I think, kind of a four-second load speed to a one-second load speed. And, wow. you know, you, you think about that, it's just phenomenal. So from a competitive point of view, I would say that that is definitely the direction of travel where people are going is that everything is now focusing on speed. Obviously, mobile is a big part of that. But yeah. again, don't forget about your desktop customers. I think, Dan, you know, when we were talking about the, the, the other day, you know, we were talking about sort of the stats that Clavio pulled out and saying that, look, you know, 54% of all the traffic over the pandemic has been from new users. So giving those new users the best experience possible, it's a very kind of competitive marketplace at the moment, you know, especially for smaller brands, DTC brands, they need to have that kind of speed in place. And if they don't have that in place, then obviously they're going to fall behind. So for me, that is you know, the, the big kind of watch points as we go into sort of 2021. Yeah, website speed. I read that uh, one second uh, improvement in your website speed can increase your conversion rate by 7% on mm. the average. So oh. three seconds would be 20, mm. 20 percentage. So yeah, just the speed. Um and what do you think, when should an e-commerce brand go to um, an agency like, like yours or to an expert and when they should just start using some templatized, you know, Shopify themes? Um, mm. I mean, uh, my, right. yeah, I mean, my kind of recommendation here is that, look, what you want to do first of all is definitely prove your concept. And, you know, the themes that are out there are absolutely fantastic. And you know, there is a lot of information on the internet you can find. So I would say, you know, look, if you are at that stage where maybe you just started out, what you want to be doing really, I would say, is a minimum before you go to an agency is getting that level of at least a thousand visitors per month. That is, you know, the absolute minimum really yeah. before you go to agency. Because as you would probably, I'm sure you'd agree, Daniel, without that kind of level, you know, with email marketing as well, you, you can't really tell a lot from the data. And yeah. You know, from an agency point of view, you want to be going to the agency saying, look, guys, these are my stats that I've got. This is what my conversion rate is over the past 30, 16, 90 days. And without the information, you know, it, it's quite, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work with an agency at that point. You know, if you're actually adamant, look, I need help. I want to get it now. But without that first level of data coming through, it's going to be tricky for an agency to be able to make really good recommendations. So I think, you know, once you get past that point, it's a good place to start. Things that can definitely help here is that using things like Google Analytics and using tools like Hotjar. You know, Hotjar is a great heat mapping tool that basically shows you where the different hubspots of, of activity are on your site. So you can see if there's a particular page where people are clicking, where they're exiting from. All that kind of information is good to arm with. And I would say, look, get that information. If you feel, look, actually, look, there's something I can change here. There's something I can test. Do that first. And then once you've extended and, and exhausted all the ways that you can test it yourself, then take it to me and say, hey, look, guys, look, this is my situation from a data point of view. I know that I need help here. And, you know, go in with that mindset of, look, I need someone to help me improve a particular metric. It might be conversion rate. It might be average order value. It might be increasing your traffic. Um you know, going in and saying, look, actually, I want my website to look better. There isn't, you know, that, that's a very easy thing for a, an agency like us to do. You know, I know we can make pretty much any website look better. But the question is, can we look at your data and can we improve the bottom line for you? 
which you know in my opinion is what we're here to do as an agency not just to you know make make pretty websites basically <laughs> yeah exactly uh they the e-commerce stores and the clients our clients uh, they have to hit a certain level so then we can work together and until that point i think they have to work on their website traffic because without that it's hard we don't have any data we cannot improve uh neither email marketing nor uh, conversion optimization website and and website design and these kind of things um Absolutely. And uh, my last question would relate to this last point. So you could uh, see many different stores and business owners and e-commerce marketers. And what are the most common misbeliefs regarding um, Shopify store design and, and website design? So sometimes same with email marketing, same with ads. Um, sometimes marketers, business owners, they try to hire an agency to solve all of their problems, even the business structure, the product problems, and mm. uh, what are the most common misbeliefs? What, what Shopify website is for and what uh, it isn't? Yeah, look, very good question. And I think, you know, when, when it comes to, to Shopify design, um, thinking about, you know, the fact that, look, Shopify was intended to be a platform for products, But what it's also worth remembering is that it's also a platform for services as well, but productized services. So if you're obviously thinking about, you know, as a company, let's say, for example, you are a health care brand or maybe let's say you are a gym brand. Um, yeah. If you maybe have you know, workout equipment, but equally, if you then want to start selling digital products as digital downloads, that also is very much possible with Shopify. And a lot of the time, I think, you know, people think that Shopify can't be used for that digital download aspect or it can't be used for services. Absolutely can, because that's why we've actually chosen as an agency to build our site with Shopify, because for us, we do a lot of obviously consulting with clients and we, we kind of try and bring clients on on our growth partnerships. But equally, there are things like templates or there are, you know, services that we offer that can be put as a product on the Shopify store that can then be purchased. Now, we use Klaviyo to tie that up, do mm -hmm. our marketing in terms of transaction emails, and then get the contact with the client afterwards. So people, I think, have that misconception sometimes that Shopify is just for products. Absolutely not the case. Um, I think you know, the other thing on the design front with Shopify is that people sometimes assume that um, the themes uh, that are there are kind of the limit to where you can go with Shopify. And again, that isn't the case because... You know, us as an agency, we use Shopify themes as the basis for many of our builds, but they're then very heavily customized. And, you know, some people think, well, look, I don't want to, I don't want a theme, I don't want a template, I don't want my site to look like everyone else's. Yeah. The reality is, is that if you do that, you can get something that's customized by an agency that looks completely custom, but you're only paying a fraction of the cost that you would pay for that fully customized site. And obviously, there are agencies out there that will build a fully custom site, you know, for, for thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, I'm not saying that a, a heavily customized site with a theme is cheap, but it's, it's a darn site cheaper than doing that fully customized build. So if you're looking at a site thing, look, I would love my site to look like this. The chances are you could have a couple of compromises by taking a theme and then getting that customized. And remember as well, you haven't got to have that look completely done overnight. You know, start yep. with, with a theme, customize heavily the product page, 
and then go back to all the lower traffic pages. Just look at your Google Analytics. Look, where is the majority of our traffic going? If you're using Facebook ads, it's going to a landing page. Optimize that first. Get that heavily customized because the reality is people are looking at that product page, that landing page, going, damn, yeah, look, this site looks great. You know, I've got some great functionality on there. Um, yeah, great, let's buy. They're not really going to care if your About Us page is a standard, you know, customized, custom, uh, standard thing. No, who yeah. cares? So yeah. Yeah, start where the traffic is and put your money into that from a design point of view because, again, that's a misconception that Shopify you know, can be inflexible. Absolutely not the case. Yeah, and um, we are marketers and e-commerce business owners and we can see the templates much more than regular people. That's one thing. And the other thing is, let me tell you a secret, all of our emails are templates. <laughs> and even at bigger agencies, and I know that, uh, I talk with them, seven, eight, even nine-figure agencies, they use templates for emails, uh, probably for websites as well, but for emails for sure. And uh, we have templates, a uh, dozen of templates probably, and we just uh, customize the images, the, the imagery, um, the GIFs, and and it seems to be customized and uh, because without that you cannot build a business uh, as an agency and and not even an e-commerce store if every email would be customized um, it wouldn't do any good to be honest like it would be much more work conversion would be maybe even lower Uh, there is no correlation between customization and conversion Uh, until the point that it's super templated and it's obvious Um, yeah Um, so that very interesting point Adam maybe any last uh, thought or idea that you would add uh, right before uh, Q4 get started on Black Friday Side Monday now (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you haven't started already guys honestly you, you need to get started so even if that is after that you've watched this Facebook Live or listened to this podcast, get onto your email list. Make sure that is ready. Make sure you've got your offer ready. There are tons of free resources available for Black Friday, Sunday, Monday. And obviously, Daniel and his team have put some great stuff out recently too. So, you know, start taking action, making that plan. Get your offer ready. Know who you're going to send it out to and get it sorted. Because honestly, we, we have so many requests every year, you know, sort of middle of November, Hey guys, can you help us with this? And we're like, no, sorry. You know, even if you're not using the agency, time will creep up very, very fast. And then you'll be saying, well, actually, look, let's try for next Black Friday, Sunday, Monday. This year is going to be absolutely huge. I know it's something you and I, Daniel, have, have talked about at length, you know, with the amount of new shoppers coming in line. It's going to be a bumper one. So yeah, get started. <laughs> yeah, I think this will be the biggest Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Christmas. Uh, for e-commerce in history so everyone is super excited um adam if anyone wants to find you where they can find you and your company and your podcast yeah absolutely so um i'm i'm very pleased actually daniel's going to be in my podcast uh which is going to be late this week and that is shopify across the pond so you'll be able to find that through spotify or or itunes uh and uh, yeah if you want to get in touch with me our website is blendcommerce.com uh, my name is Adam Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E. You can find me on LinkedIn. Do connect with me. I love connecting on LinkedIn. Um, I'm quite active on there as well. So, uh, yeah, it'd be great if you could uh, shoot me a message and uh, let's talk. 
Amazing, amazing. Uh, thanks, Sadam, for joining us today and sharing all of these wonderful experiences with us. Uh, I really enjoyed it and our audience as well. I hope so. <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening to us today. And every Thursday we are coming out with a new episode and you can see our live streams on Facebook as well and soon on LinkedIn as well. Um, yeah, thanks everyone. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.